Hi, besties. It's your host, Amanda. And Sarah. And you're listening to Bestie in a Book. Hi, besties and hi, bestie. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new week. Um, We hope that wherever you're listening to this from, your week is off to a wonderful start. And for anybody new here, we really hope that you stay a while. We're so glad you landed here. And for all of the BB Tribe members who have been following week after week, welcome back and hi. Hi, bestie. Hey, bestie. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, Just kind of relaxing today. Excited to talk to you and about this book. Um, But yeah, it's the last day of my spring break. So a little sad, (laughs) but also excited to go back to work. You know, I'm I'm ready. That's so nice after like a full week though. Like you're rested, you're ready. I love that. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, speaking of spring break in your week, how did you spend it? Um, so on Monday, well, I I think I mentioned this last time, Keith went ahead and took the week off as well. So we got to hang out together all week. Um, and so on Monday, we actually went to Denton, Texas. So it's about um, a little under two hours away from us. And, uh, we went and we checked out these two local bookstores that we had found and they were just really cool. I posted them on our Instagram. One of them is like an old historic opera house. Um, and they have like all these like used books and records and CDs and it's like three stories and it was just so cool. Like you could spend all day in there. It was a little overwhelming (laughs) because there was just so much to look at, but I think Keith found like two or three books in there. So that was really awesome. I found, um, a copy of, or I found, uh, the third book of the Harry Potter series in hardcover. I have, I'm trying to complete my collection because I have the ones that I originally owned, Um, I've got like books, I think it's three through seven, but three and four are the paperback and I really want them all in hardcover. I don't know what happened to copies one and two. I don't know why I didn't keep those or what happened to them, but I'm trying to get them all in, um, hardback. I don't want to buy them new for like personal reasons that we don't have to go into. So (laughs) I'm looking for the views and I found the third one. So that was pretty cool. I'm glad I found that one. Um, and then we went to another bookstore, um, and independently owned bookstore they had like the newer books and that was pretty cool I think Keith found another book there and then we went to Barnes and Nobles because we don't have a Barnes and Nobles and that was a little overwhelming too and I found a couple books um that I picked up as well so it was a good Monday um oh and then we went to Bucky's do you know what Bucky's is Busty? I don't think so no what <laughs> you lived in Texas for how long um Bucky's is like this uh convenience store gas station but it's they're huge. They're huge, and they're like world known for their, their the cleanest restrooms. And let me tell you, they are the cleanest restrooms ever. If you're traveling and you see a Bucky's, stop there to go to the restroom. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think I have seen these. Are these like with the little gopher on the? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So we stopped at Bucky's, and they also have like we we ate lunch there because they have like these like pulled pork sandwiches and like brisket sandwiches and stuff so we got those and they have all these like candies and everything so we definitely did not eat healthy um <laughs> but we indulged 
You're so, on vacation. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's spring break. We're on vacation. Um, so that was Monday. And then the rest of the week, honestly, we've just been here chilling at the house. Uh, we've been doing a lot of sleeping and like napping. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, so just resting, relaxing. My dad is building a tree house in the backyard for my nephews. So Keith has kind of been helping out a little bit with that. Um, but yeah, that was our week. That is so cool. I always wanted a tree house when I was growing up. I don't know about you, but I always just thought that would be like the coolest thing. I know. My sister did. And my she always wanted one growing up. My dad always told her, yeah, I'm going to get you one. I'm going to build you one. And he never <laughs> built her one. And then she's like, this is going to be the kitty memorial tree house. <laughs> she's like, this is the tree house that I was supposed to have growing up. <laughs> I love that, that your dad's like just building it by himself or like, you know, I just... I feel like I wouldn't even know where to begin. I think that's so cool that he's doing that. Yeah, so it's like him and then my sister's um, father-in-law is actually helping him out. They're like best friends. <laughs> so he's been helping him out. My uncle helped out a little bit. One of the neighbors came down and helped a little bit too because his son is best friends with um, Clark, my nephew. So he helped out a bit too. So yeah, it's been, it's been pretty interesting to see it put up. So I'm gonna go see it later today to see how far they've come on there, so. Well, that sounds like a really good week, Bestie. Just filled with books and bookshops that sound really cool and just rest and family and all good things. Yep. So how was your week? My week was so good. So this past week, we had two days that for the first time since I cannot even remember, um, I was able to comfortably wear a tank top. It was warm <laughs> enough to like go outside without multiple layers and just something about like the sunshine and just this time of year, I'm just so ready, Bestie, for warmer weather and it felt so incredible. Like my mood was incredible, just how I felt overall was incredible. It was just, I loved it. And today's another just absolutely gorgeous day, so. What is, what's warm weather to you temperature wise up there? We're talking like 57. <laughs> no. Yes, <laughs> but I- you, you wore a tank top at 57 degrees? Yes, it feels like I I mean this is like bestie. I we've been in like snow gear forever. So this is like a this is incredible. What? <laughs> 57 degrees. I would still be so layered up. Like like <laughs> what? <laughs> I love it. I think it's just like I'm here, I'm ready, I'm willing summer to happen and I am getting out there with my tank top. I can't believe that. There's no way I'd go out and take down 57 degrees. I wouldn't even do that in 70 degrees. Like, <laughs> that's so cold. <laughs> it is a little bit cold, but at the same time, it just, oh, I'm ready. And it's yeah. coming and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than just incredibly beautiful weather, um, so this past week was actually the one year anniversary of Carmen and my first date. Um, so we ended up going back to the very first restaurant that we ever had dinner at. So that was really nice and romantic and just a really nice just memory, you know, back on everything that's happened in the last year. Um, and then today I'm really excited because we are actually gonna go to a garden store 
and we're going to be trying to like grow our own vegetables this summer so stay tuned <laughs> um, but we're going to go just look at some like seeds and just try to get like the starter situation going just so that once it does get warm enough to plant we can just like have everything already started indoors so we're going to try to do that and then also exciting is right by the garden store that we go to there is this massive antique shop so we're gonna go and stop in there too and they have just all kinds of just random but amazing things and I don't know if anybody has ever had like success finding books at antique shops but I always have the best success like I feel like sometimes antique shops have really great used book sections and so just for anybody listening if you know I know thrift shops are awesome and stuff like that too but antique shops are like another little hidden gem sometimes for finding books oh that's so cool what's the most interesting book you found at an antique shop Ooh, so I think it was the one there in Texas, Bestie, when I came to visit, uh -huh. um, and I found the basically like the same book that my mom would always, I think I told you this, would always read like me whenever I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, it's the Anderson Fairy Tales, and so it was this really cool illustrated version um, there in an antique shop, and so, yeah. Did you, that was, was that at the Alley Cat, do you remember? I think so, yeah. yes. Yeah, I love that place. They've got all those old books and everything. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. That was really cool. So I'm hoping today just to see what, you know, what's new there. It's been a long time since we've been out to this antique shop. So it should be really fun and hopefully just like a lot of unique things that we'll get to see. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Can I say one thing? You mentioned it was like your one year anniversary from like your first date at no. the restaurant. I, I have to share a memory and I hope you don't get mad at me. Oh, but no. <laughs> no, of course not. Go ahead. I remember when you went you went on the date with I remember you telling me that you were gonna go and then the next day we talked and you said bestie I think I have a man crush <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry if I just embarrassed you but I thought that was so cute like I remember how excited you were after that first date so oh my gosh I love you yes I I don't know I yeah it was all kinds of butterflies and just like whoa <laughs> and it. here we are one year later yay <laughs> oh my goodness yes well on that note shall we dive into our bestie did you hear yes let's do it okay I'm so excited <laughs> It's time for Bestie. Did you hear? Okay, so Bestie, I only have one Bestie. Did you hear this week? Um, do you want to go first with yours? Uh, yeah, I only have one as well, and it's really, really short. Okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> Bestie, did you hear? What if we have the same one? That'd be hilarious. Sorry, I just thought about that. <laughs> Bestie, did you hear Penguin Random House created um, a banned books resource hub? Um, basically, it, this 
includes tools and materials and information that can help people and organizations um, that are fighting book bans. It's got resources for teachers, librarians, parents, students, and authors and illustrators. I just thought that was really cool because I know there's obviously a lot of uh, banning books going on right now, which is ridiculous. But uh, I thought this was really awesome of them to, to help, you know, fight those. Um, and then to kind of touch on that, I was reading that there is this little library off the coast of Maine on this, like this little island um, that wants your banned books. They are um, trying to fill their shelves with all of the banned books um, in this little library that this community has created. There's no librarian. They just kind of go on the honor system when you're borrowing a book. So you take a book and then you like write it down like in this little notebook and I just thought it was really cool that is so cool oh my gosh well both both points I mean first just like having that resource I know you and I have talked about a couple of different articles and cases where you know we've seen book books being banned and everything like that but just the fact that there's now like an outlet and a tool and resource that everybody can go to is incredible and then that little library sounds so cool too I know sounds awesome but yeah that's all I have that is those are okay that's a really good one I feel like mine is unfortunately not book related but I just had to ask you okay (laughs) bestie did you hear of the Netflix new um it's a four-part series called bad vegan Keith and I watched three episodes last night (laughs) so we still need to finish number four um I will admit so I might need to go back and rewatch because we started this like at 8.30 at night. And so I was kind of falling asleep towards the end of the second and like third one. So I think I missed a couple things. Um, I remember at one point telling Keith, I'm like, what's going on? Will they just tell us what they did? Like, what's <laughs> up? like just get to the point. <laughs> like, what did they do? But um, but yeah, I, I have heard of it. What are your thoughts on it? I, I haven't finished it yet, so no spoilers. <laughs> okay, no spoilers for anybody who hasn't heard of it, just to kind of give an overview. It's essentially this brand new series that came out on Netflix. It's a documentary that tells the story of restaurant owner, her name was Sarma, um, and she owned and founded New York's famous, it's called Raw Vegan, or sorry, a Raw Vegan hotspot that was called Pure Food and Wine. Um, so basically this is you know the documentary of her and her story and she essentially meets and marries this man named Anthony Strangis and things just kind of start going wrong. So it's kind of a mix of, I think like Anna Delvey meets cooking, meets Tinder swindler. Like there's a lot happening. (laughs) It's very interesting. That's kind of the vibes I was getting. Keith's like, is this another Tinder swindler? Like what? (laughs) And from the parts that we've seen so far, I'm just like, what is going on? Like if somebody, and I don't want to give anything away either, but if somebody was sending me messages like this, with these words and these things, I'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I know. But, and you know, it's, it's, it's baffling to me, but also just like, it's so, it's like, it's so incredible because like, you know, when we watch the Tinder swindler or we watch this, it's just like, these are successful, smart, incredible women. And it's just fascinating to me how these stories just unfold and how they kind of get caught into this world. And, you know, I think it's just, it's scary to think like how many other times does this happen that like, you know, we just have no clue. Yeah. And, and I just, I mean, 
And what kind of like evil does it take inside somebody to like do this to somebody else? Like to like trick people to calm people. Actually, <laughs> yesterday or two days ago, I got a text message and I didn't recognize the number. I didn't open it, but it said something like, hey, haven't, uh, it's been a while since we talked, miss me yet? And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then it's like, oh, it's happening, it's happening. And then I got this picture of this girl and then I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody's trying to catfish me. <laughs> I got so excited. <laughs> It's like, it's so funny. And I was like, do I play along? Should I like, you know, send like stupid messages and stuff like that? And like, you know, I don't know, but I ended up just deleting it. I didn't open it at all. But I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Oh my goodness. But I did, I thought about it for a second to like, you know, kind of like write back and just play dumb and stuff like that. But I was like, eh, better not open it at all. Better, better safe than sorry. Like if I responded back, like, I don't know what they, you know, they could, yeah, just didn't want to mess with it. I don't blame you. The, so it was interesting because the person who had my previous number, like whenever I had my Pennsylvania number, um, before I had it, I think they were into like some crazy stuff because I would always <laughs> get texts like that. Like, hey, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm just going to like put like Leroy because I don't even know. <laughs> but it was always like, hey, Leroy, like this and this. I was like, oh my gosh, what did Leroy do? And like, <laughs> is Leroy okay today? Because he was into a lot of things that I'm just concerned. So. Oh my gosh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious but, but yeah I never wrote them back either <laughs> yeah no you just yeah you, you want to play it safe you know I don't know why this reminded me of something but I think I have a little impromptu bestie did you hear Ooh. okay so bestie did you hear there's there's a podcast called Crime Junkie I, I'm pretty sure you know or you've love heard of it. it I love Crime Junkie so when we were going to Denton we were you know we put it on and we were listening to it and then we heard them mention that they have on their website, they have this um, file that you can download called If I Go Missing. Um, and it's basically like all these like questions that you're supposed to fill out. And, you know, if something were to happen to you, they have people, who, somebody who you trust has like all this information for you. So it's like passwords and um, it asks you, you know, what kind of jewelry do you always wear and just it's stuff like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. So I went and downloaded it. It's like 53 pages. So I haven't printed it out yet, but I totally want to like fill it out. And Bestie, I'm going to give it to you. So really? <laughs> yes. If I, I go missing. I'm so honored. I can't give it to Keith because I mean, if I go missing. <laughs> no, I was like, uh. I was like, well, Keith should know all this stuff anyways. You know, this is stuff yeah. that, you know, somebody else should probably have to know. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to fill this out. I'm going to give it to Amanda and I'm going to give it to my sister. And yeah, so I just oh thought it was gosh. really cool. So if you're out there, anybody who listens to Crime Junkie, if you're obsessed with true crime like I am, I'm sure this would be really cool for you to check out. And I think it's actually really smart to have something like this and kept with somebody, you know, that you trust so that, you know, you can kind of help out in the investigation if anything goes wrong. <laughs> I think that's so smart too and like I well first I think I'm gonna go out there and download it and bestie do the same thing <laughs> yes <laughs> because you're right like you're you know like obviously like your husband kind of knows everything but it's mm-hmm. like what if something happened to both of you or like what if something like I don't exactly. know you just never know so it's I think that's awesome and 
it's such a crazy world where we have tinder swindlers and anthony strangeses and like i just think you can never be too cautious yeah you definitely can't so and i just want to let you know bestie if something ever happened i would be on that case and i would be like solving it like i I would find you i would find you don't you worry i know you would i would like never give up hope because i'm like she is doing everything it's gonna be any moment any moment she's gonna come through that door i've seen enough true crime documentaries i've listened to enough crime junkie i know what to do trust me can I just say to you, if I ever go missing, like, there is nobody that I would want looking for me more than you because, like, you would solve it. I, I would solve it. it. I would be honest. <laughs> and if you ever go missing, Kitty and I are setting up, like, a war room. We're going to buckle down and we're not going to leave. Until we oh, I believe you. it. I believe it. No, I have full confidence. If something ever happens, you will solve it. Like, you will, Yeah. we will each find each other exactly just know that just know that exactly (laughs) oh my gosh okay so on that note (laughs) we have another kind of mystery to talk about today um the second half of our march book of the month i like (laughs) i don't even know where to begin like what did we just read like It was a journey. It was a journey. But are you ready to dive in? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so for everybody in the BB tribe who's listening today, um, we are going to be talking about our book of the month. Um, So our March book of the month was The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. And we're so excited to dive into this book. Um, But Sarah and I wanted to do it a little bit different um, today. So we're gonna do two sections. We're gonna first just do like a no spoiler overview section for anybody who's just kind of curious about the book. Um, And then we're gonna do, we'll let you know, we're gonna have our spoilers section where we're actually gonna be talking about the plot and everything else that happens. Um, But again, we'll let you know when that's here. Um, But first for the no spoilers section, Bestie, how did you just feel overall when you were reading this book? Um, Confused. (laughs) No. Uh, no, I mean, yes, a little confused. I felt, honestly, it was captivating. It, it was, it had me like intrigued. Um, but it was at times it was a little hard to keep up with everything that's going on. But I think that's the point because I think that's kind of what our main character was supposed to be feeling as well. So that I think that's kind of cool that as a reader, you're experiencing that and you really get to like be in his shoes, honestly. I agree. And basically, it's almost like you're reading a game of Clue. Um, You know, this story, it takes place on this huge estate. Um, There's like different rooms. You have the library and different things. And you're really just like essentially going along with this main character as Aiden is trying to figure out, you know, what happened. So it's definitely interesting. I liked the fact that I did feel at times like I was reading like a classic because of Stuart Turton's word choices and the phrases. I did like how complex it was. And I don't even know how Stuart developed and kept kept the whole plot and storyline straight himself. Um, But honestly, like, I agree with you because I do feel like 
it was confusing. Like it was very difficult to keep everything straight from the timeline, the storyline, incredibly mentally stimulating, but it's not something that I think I could not read this while reading something else. You know, you almost have to be so focused in the story when you're reading it. Yeah. For, I mean, yeah, you have to be focused. You can't be like distracted by anything else no. <laughs> <laughs> to keep everything straight. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there was a couple times because I actually did this book on audiobook this month. Um, and there were a couple times where I was like either doing the dishes or something while I was listening. And then I was like, okay, wait, no, I cannot multitask while trying to weave all of this together. Um, but to that point, I did want to just make a recommendation for anybody who's going to pick up this book and dive into it yourself. I. I love having an audiobook sometimes because it definitely just helps me be able to like, you know, listen on the go or whenever, you know, and miss the busy day if I'm walking. Um, but this is one that I would recommend actually picking up the physical, like hard copy. Um, and Bestie, do you kind of want to share why? Because I know you, you shared with me some of the benefits that you had of actually having the physical book. Yeah, so uh, when you first open the book, there's actually a, like a map of like the estate, which is just like really cool to look at, just so you can kind of to also like visualize everything that's going on. But then there's an invitation, um, and it's I mean it's an invitation to this masquerade that um, the book takes place in, and it has um, basically all the characters that you're gonna encounter in this book and like who they are and how they're related to the family. Um, so it's good to sometimes if you get confused, you know, on who somebody is, you can kind of go back to this um, and see who it is they're talking about. So I, that was that was really helpful to me to keep track of all the characters that we encounter. Uh, I wish I had that so much because I <laughs> like I mentioned to you, like as I was reading, I literally had like a character list where I was trying to like map characters and understand like who's who. There's so many key players in this book. Um, so that would have been extremely helpful. Um, and then I think you even mentioned there's like an added bonus author interview and maybe even some discussion questions in the in the physical copy yes so at the end of the book there are discussion questions which we're actually going to go over um and then there is an interview with the author and you know some of the answers to the questions they ask him also kind of help you understand um the book a little bit so that's so cool but yeah i mean honestly it's a good book either way i mean really you could do this on audiobook um but for anybody who's just contemplating getting it i would definitely if you have the choice and you have the time i would do the hardcover for this one so can i whenever you're listening to it on audio like do they have like different character voices is it one person narrating the whole thing like what's that like because this actually i kind of feel like this one would be cool if they had like different characters yes that would have been so cool so i bought this on audible so the audible app um and for this reading it only had one person reading every single character and every part so okay. i think that probably also kind of added to my confusion in a sense because it was like you know the same guy reading all of it yeah that's that's true and then like if you're reading it in your head you can kind of put different voices to different people and stuff like that so yeah but either way it was it was fascinating it was just definitely it was an adventure and it was like it was intense <laughs> it really was it was like wait what what is that <laughs> yes but i would 
still recommend this, Bestie. Like, would you recommend this to anybody who hasn't read it? Oh, for sure. Like, this is one of those books that's just like, it's just it's just so interesting and you just you have to find out what happens and it, it just it's never dull there was never a moment where I was like mm, okay this is getting like kind of boring it's it's so intense no. yes well to that point so let's go ahead and take a deeper dive this is going to be the spoiler section so if you haven't read it pause here um but yes yeah, so bestie where do you want to begin? <laughs> I, I don't even know. Like, should we just dive into the questions? Like, should we just... <laughs> yes, let's go into the questions. Because I think that'll, like, help us kind of just unpack all of these different <laughs> inner workings of this web. Uh, okay. So, like I said, these questions are in the back of the book. So that if you do pick it up, um, they're there for you. If you have, like, a little um, book club that you're doing. Or if you're reading it with a friend, they are available. Okay, so the first question says, what or who do you think are the deaths in the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle? Where does the half death enter the narrative? Ooh, so this is a really good question. Um, to be honest with you, I assumed the seven deaths had something to do, and I could be totally off base, <laughs> but um, had to do something with, you know, Aiden experiencing certain things through different characters' viewpoints. Um, I don't know where the half comes in, other than maybe thinking about how, you know, I don't, maybe to the point that like, Evelyn killed the fake Evelyn. It was kind of confusing to me, but maybe that's the half. I don't know. What were your thoughts? So the half death for me, that one was kind of, um, the one that I thought was the clearest in my mind was definitely probably when Evelyn died, but it wasn't Evelyn. We find out it's Felicity and then she didn't really even die. So they think, they think Evelyn is dead, but then she comes back to life and then it's not even Evelyn. So for me, that was the half death. Um, you explained that so much better than I just tried to. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. That kind of sounded confusing. If you haven't no. read it, you're kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> no, um, that makes total sense. Yes. And then the, the, the other seven deaths at first, I was like, okay, well, they're probably each day they're, they're Evelyn when she dies each day. And then I went back to think, wait, no, we didn't actually see her die each day because something happened. Somebody, one of Aiden's hosts would fall asleep or one of Aiden's hosts was killed himself. And then I thought, oh, what if the other deaths are like all the other people that died throughout the book? So that would have been some of his um, hosts. Uh, it would have been uh, Evelyn's parents. I believe they both died at one point. Um, that old lady, I can't remember her name. Let me hold on a sec and look in my... See, this is where you need the invitation. <laughs> what was her name? She had a son that was, like, really, like, um, like bad. Millicent. Millicent, remember? She would... We find out she was actually, like, murdered. Um, so, yeah, that's who I think that maybe the seven deaths are. So it's not actually Evelyn, Evelyn Hardcastle, which would make sense because, you know, everything we think about people in this book turns out to not be true anyway, so... <laughs> That's so true. I think your I think your thought, Bestie, is probably as like close to reality as possible. And you said that so much better than I ever could have. Eh, I don't know about that, but uh, but yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what I think. I don't know. I, tell us if you've read this book or if you read it with us. Let us know. Send us a DM. Who were these seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle? Um, okay, ready for question two? 
I think so. Okay. <laughs> um, the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle begins in a typically linear way, then shoots off in many different directions. How did the different narratives and perspectives enrich the story? So I think for me, like having all those different perspectives and just how complex this was from a plot and storyline perspective, like to me, it enriched it because it was so like mentally stimulating. Like I felt like this was just so intricate and so interesting. Um, It definitely keeps you engaged out of necessity because you have to stay engaged to be able to know what's happening. Um, I think that at least for me is how it enriched it. It's just because there were so many different viewpoints. And then also just from like a psychology standpoint, it was kind of interesting to see these characters, you know, from these different vantage points. Yeah, I have to agree 100% with what you just said. Um, It was interesting to see all the different um, points of view and also how they changed Aiden's perspective of the story with like their personality traits because he took on their personality traits is sometimes he didn't want to but he took them on as well um so yeah it was interesting to see how that affected him and what he did uh in the story agreed yeah it, props to Stuart. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like geez this is so like i, I really want to see what else he's written because I, I, this is yeah this is it was amazing um okay The mystery and escape in Blackheath is set up like a puzzle, and the reader plays along with Aiden as he puts the solution together. Were there any pieces you couldn't find a place for? I think that's a really interesting question. I, and to be honest with you, I don't know, you know, I'm curious to know what you think, but I didn't really have anything that I couldn't find a place for. I think if anything, I had a lot of like unanswered questions more so than like things that didn't make sense, if that makes sense. So what were your unanswered questions? So for instance, I, well, I had a couple, I mean, definitely from the first thing that I had was just, you know, what happened to Aiden and Anna, like after all of this, I mean, I definitely feel like the majority of the book was kind of leading up to this last chapter or two. Um, but then as far as like a resolution, I didn't really feel like I had a lot of resolution, um, which I guess that's probably Stuart's, you know, intention and what he was trying to do. Um, but I do, and maybe there's going to be a sequel too, you know? Um, but I just think that there was so much, like I was curious about after they were, you know, ending. Yeah, that's true. I, I've, I don't know if there's any for me if there's any pieces that didn't fit in because again this was just really confusing so I can't really like think of any um but yeah I don't know any places you couldn't find a place for I I don't know maybe maybe it'll come to me in a little bit or maybe I need to reread and maybe there'll be one but again there there was just so much information that honestly I was just kind of like along for the ride like okay yeah and just agreeing with everything like okay yeah that makes sense Yes, exactly. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Okay. Aiden Bishop has a backstory that readers will never know in full. However, what we do know is there is plenty of revenge, cruelty, and questionable intentions wrapped up in who he was and why he entered Blackheath. With what you know about him, would you call him a hero? Why or why not? 
Oh, so I don't know that I would necessarily call him a hero. <laughs> Just, I think, interestingly enough, like we, well, we do know like Aiden is not a murderer or anything like that. You know, he comes into this game, so to speak, to essentially try to, you know, get some revenge for his sister's death. Uh-huh. Um, and then he ends up bonding with Anna, who killed his sister. Um, and he is able to forgive her in the end. So I think if anything, you know, I think I was just amazed at his compassion and ability to reach that point of forgiveness after this entire journey. Um, I don't know if it would be a hero. What do you think? I I don't think he would be a hero. I mean, because he's obviously going there for, like, revenge. And, yes. like, he's, he's there to, like, potentially, like, make somebody's... I don't know if it's a life, but you know, miserable and like, yeah, I, I don't know. So I don't know if hero, because if we're basing on like what Blackheath is supposed to be, that was already kind of like the justice for yeah. Anna or Anna's character. Um, so hero, no, I, I, I don't know. He's not bad, but I don't know that I'd call him a hero. I agree. I think when I think of like a hero, I think of somebody like doing good for other people. I kind of think he went in there on like a vengeance. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, for sure. He for sure did. So, yeah. Um, okay. Why do you think the plague doctor wears that particular costume and how does it affect his relationship with Aiden? Is the plague doctor really the good man that the voice in Aiden's head claims he is? Ooh, so I love this question. Um, so actually... For anybody who's kind of curious, just finding out more about Stuart Turton, if you go out to goodreads.com, there's this really incredible interview that is done with him where essentially anybody in the community could ask him questions and he answered. And this was one of the topics that he touched on. Um, For me, Bestie, I didn't really know where the costume came from when I was reading. It definitely kind of added like a layer of mystery and everything like that um but curiously enough um one of the readers asked Stuart, um essentially like what was the plague doctor inspired by and Stuart explained you know he was taught about plague doctors in school he said i've always found them a bit scary i love the idea of healers who look terrifying and given the role that the plague doctor plays in the book that seemed fitting so i just thought that was kind of interesting yeah that's kind of what my idea was like him being a plague doctor uh you know obviously they dealing with like diseases and so when you finally understand what this place is, that it's a place for people to go who have done horrible things, it's like a, a prison almost. It's like, okay, so he's a plague doctor and the disease maybe that he's trying to fight off is like the evil that's inside all these yeah. people that are trapped there. Um, that was kind of my my take on it. Yeah, I think that's a really, a really good perception. Um, but what about, so is the plague doctor really the good man that the voice in Aiden's head claims he is? What are your thoughts on that? I don't think I had a sense of that. I don't know. I think I couldn't really pinpoint it. What did you think? Um, yeah, I think, I think so. Or, I mean, so I'm asking, so is it asking us like what, like was the plague doctor a good person? Because I feel like he was. He was trying to help out Aiden and because he didn't feel like he really belonged there because he didn't. Um, and I don't think he ever tried to trick him in any way, or if he did kind of lead him a different way than he thought, I think it was for Aiden's benefit. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he was a good voice. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. I think you're right. I think you're definitely right. Um, okay, next question. Ooh, Annabelle Cocker or Anna is unmasked as someone very different from whom Aiden believes her to be. What do you feel she did to deserve her time in Blackheath? And how do you think Aiden was able to forgive her? Ooh, so I think we kind of touched on it. I think, at least from my perception, I believe, you know, her killing Aiden's sister was what essentially got her there. Um, I have to admit, though, Bestie, like, I did not see a redemption arc for her in the future. Like, I like I was amazed that that's kind of where the story went. Um, I do think it's like a testament to Aiden to be able to reach this point of forgiveness because to be honest, like I was a little bit shocked that he was able to get there. I mean, I know there was so much that unfolded before that, but what did you think? I, okay. It says that she, yes, it mentions that she murdered Aiden's um, sister in a very gruesome way. I think it was a, a public way as well, if I can remember. Um, it also said that she did just lots of heinous crimes and so stuff other than that. So in my sense, I felt like she was like this mass murderer or like, I, I don't know, some, some just this horrible like criminal, I guess. Um, and just like evil. I I don't know how Aiden was able to forgive her except for I think that going in we know that every day he wakes up he kind of loses himself one of the things that the, I think the play doctor like warned him of is like you're gonna lose like Aiden you're gonna lose you you're gonna you know kind of turn into all these hosts that you've um, been experiencing um, and so I think maybe the reason why he was able to forgive her is because in a sense he lost all of that. He lost every day, you know, that he's there. Cause I think we find out they've been there for like 30 years or something. Um, and so maybe he's lost and all the time he's lost all that revenge and he's lost that part of him. And so now he's just like this completely different person as well as Anna. And he just sees her for what she is now. Um, and not the evil person that was outside of Blackheath. That's the only way I can justify it because it's like, that's your sister. He does remember. He finally remembers like, yeah, you murdered my sister. But at that point, I guess the other emotions have taken over. I don't know. I, I think that's a really, really good like perspective, Vesti. I don't know. I mean, that makes sense to me, like exactly what you're saying, like how he kind of got there. Um, yeah, I can't think of it happening any other way, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a bit shocking. I didn't think it was going to go that way. Like, I didn't think he was going to forgive her. I thought at the end of this book, he was kind of going to get out and like leave her there. Like, we were going to find out like all the stuff that she did. But I don't know. It was interesting that Stuart went this way with it. So, yeah. And just like I said, that redemption arc, like, I almost kind of felt like, was he trying to like instill a deeper meaning in the story as far as like, I just, you know, like maybe like re, like, I don't even know what the, I guess how to say it, but essentially just like, you know, like kind of like taking another step at life and like having done so many things, like maybe redemption. I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, I definitely think that's the theme of it is redemption and like changing um, and who can change and can we allow everybody to change no matter what they've done? Can we allow everybody to redeem themselves? Does everybody deserve that? Um, yeah 
because like we're saying Anna is supposedly somebody who's done like the most horrible evil things that you can even imagine so yeah yeah okay um were there any tactics Aiden didn't think of that could have solved the mystery of who killed Evelyn Hardcastle if you were in his shoes or hosts what would you have done differently Ooh, I, this is hard. I mean, I can't imagine 30 years of this. Like, this must have been just, I mean, I just, I can't even imagine. Um, I don't know that I would have been able to do anything differently because as we see with each of these like times that he's going through this process, it's so fast. And, you know, he has to essentially rediscover how everything works every single time. So I feel like, you know, he did the best that he could. I thought one thing that was like really, really neat was when we start to see Aiden and Anna's interactions. Um, I liked how they were like trying to solve it essentially like together, mm-hmm. but they have that struggle that they keep kind of like running into each other in the wrong timeline. Yeah. Um, so I think they were really smart when they started to like write everything down in the book um, that it had happened so they can kind of align that way. Um, I don't know that I would have been able to do anything different though, would you? So yeah, I don't think so either. And I think he did, you know, like you said, writing down things in the book and like leaving notes for himself or, you know, telling Anna to do this at this time or even some of the other hosts and guests there as well. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I would have done anything different or, and I don't know if there's anything that he didn't think of that he could have done. I think that's going to take a little bit more thinking on my part. Is there something else that he could have done? Besides leaving little notes for himself and clues and things like that, can you imagine that? Would, oh, I just feel like he just like trying to like refigure all this out over and over and over again. Oh. Yeah, no, not fun. Not not, not something fun. I would want to be. No, in. I don't want to be in this game. <laughs> Speaking of that, the con- the construct of Blackheath as a prison feels like something from the future. But do you feel this sort of punishment and possible redemption could one day be considered a viable solution for criminals? What do you feel the advantages are, and in what ways could this be considered even more cruel than a standard incarceration sentence? Oh, goodness. (laughs) Well, I feel like it was like a psychological warfare. (laughs) Like, you know, these poor people are like trying to like figure out where they are, what's happening, why they got here. Like it had to have been extremely emotionally taxing and draining. And to feel that sense of like urgency where you have to figure things out in such a short time, I feel like it would definitely take a toll on you like mentally, but I don't know. Maybe it was just me, Bessie. Like I didn't really get a sense of it being a futuristic place. For some reason, like I was thinking of all of this, like kind of like back in like the I don't know like like the 20s or like even before then like what did you think so definitely Blackheath the setting is definitely from the 20s but I think what the point is um where outside of Blackheath is a futuristic place that can have this technology to send somebody back into a prison that feels like the 1920s so I think that's what they're talking about um could this be a viable solution for criminals? Do I see something like this existing? I mean, definitely anything's possible. Something like this could exist. Um, I don't know though. I think that goes back to the question is like, does everybody deserve a second chance no matter what they've done? And like, how would that impact the victims or families of the victims? Like if you've got somebody who's like this murderer and you're like, okay, we're gonna put them in here. And if they can like redeem themselves, they should be able to be let out what does that say to somebody who's lost someone because of them? Like, well, you know, 
my loved one doesn't get a second chance, you know, why should they? Um, so I don't know how I feel about this. But then again, if you could redeem somebody, oh, I don't know. So complex. It's so <laughs> complex. Maybe it's like a level, like some deserve it, others don't. Like, I don't know. I Goodness. I don't know. But see, you were so much like smarter when it came to understanding the futuristic thing. Like I was confused with all of that. So, well, and then they don't really tell you, the book doesn't really tell you what's outside of Blackheath. But I think towards the end, you just sometimes, you just kind of like have to assume that that's what it is because, you know, technology like this, I mean, places like Blackheath don't exist right now. Like this virtual reality type thing. I like, I don't know. So I think I just assumed that it was a future time outside of Blackheath. Well, props to you, Ben. <laughs> so confused. It was confusing. It was it was very confusing. Um, okay, so no character is ever what they first appear. Something Aiden remarks on a few times throughout the novel. Who was your favorite character, and why did they resonate with you particularly? Which character undergoes the biggest transformation, and were there any characters you started off liking or loathing and changed your opinion about? Ooh, so I think for me, my favorite was definitely Aiden, just mm-hmm. because I felt like it, the way that Stuart wrote this, it definitely like made us feel like we were kind of in Aiden's shoes discovering this, you know, together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did feel like this close connection to him. I think he was obviously a good person. Um, I really liked his character. I think the one that shocked me the most was definitely Anna. I, you know, I all along I was like, okay, I love their relationship. I love their interaction. I never imagined like everything for her unfolding like it did. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? Um, I think my favorite character, I think, is like, I mean, I guess it's technically Aiden, but like as far as like his host was um, the police officer. Um, let's see his name, Jim Rashton. Yeah. I think only because he was the one that kind of started putting everything together and was like, obviously he's a police officer. So he got all those clues and started putting it in there and we're kind of like started going somewhere. So I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> like there we go. So I think he was like my favorite to read about because he was, like I said, putting everything together. Um, who undergoes the biggest transformation? I think probably for me, Maybe Ravencourt, the old man. At first, I feel like he was like we kind of didn't really like like him. He's the one that Evelyn's supposed to really be like married to. But I think throughout, we kind of feel like I don't know. I, I just I guess I started liking him more for yeah. some reason. I think just because of his relationships with like the other characters and stuff like that. Um, and then I think somebody that I started off like loathing. Or like just not really taking a liking to was probably um, Ravencourt's um, valet person, uh, Cunningham. Um, but then I think it was with his relationship with was it Rashton? I don't remember. Or Donald Davies. One of his Cunningham's relationship with one of the other guests. It kind of made him more likable and relatable, and I I, I started to like him more and understanding him more. Um, but yeah. It was fascinating, and it was definitely just, like, interesting to see everything from everybody's perspective. Yeah. Exactly. And that kind of goes to our next question. Um, Was there one host who felt more important, or can you see how each character, despite their vices, provided something crucial to the story? Ooh, I think for me, I think everybody kind of provided something, because even the very first few hosts that we see him 
you know, experience everything through, you know, those were vital, like from the get go. So I just feel like every single person added some sort of a value, even if it was just helping him, Aiden, like understand what was happening. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think everybody had something to put towards getting to the end of this. Um, Even if it was something bad, it helped in some way. Um, So yeah, I I think everybody was important. I did feel bad for the butler. Oh my gosh, yes, the poor butler. (laughs) He didn't like that. (laughs) And uh, and, uh, who else? Uh, Gold, the one that was strung up the whole time for beating the butler. Oh my goodness, I know. That was, yeah, that was was horrible. It was hard. It was hard to to see. Um, What reoccurring symbols or themes did you see throughout the book? And what role did you, do you think they played in the story or Aiden's escape from Blackheath? Oh, goodness. Um symbols or themes oh i have to think about this well i think redemption is probably the biggest one theme yeah i think redemption's 100 percent the biggest theme what about symbols uh reoccurring symbols i have no idea <laughs> i have to go back i was too confused to trying to figure out who this murderer was <laughs> um and keeping everybody straight um symbols reoccurring symbols I don't know. I'm sure there are some, but like you said, like I think my I was so trying to just like grasp onto the overall like what's happening. I don't. I think I probably missed like a lot of things. I tried it too. BB tribe, help us out. If you read this book, what were the symbols of this book? Um, I can think of themes like you know, like I said, redemption, forgiveness. Uh, there was a lot of. Um, I don't know, like, uh, people aren't who they always seem to be type thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's something I'd probably have to either, like, reread or, like, go back and see about with, like, with the symbols. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm trying to even think, like, was there a symbol? I mean, maybe, like, the mask and stuff like that. That's true. The plague, the plague doctor's mask because of like yeah like the disease like the evil disease um i don't know that's an itch. that's a good one i think that one takes more time more more research <laughs> yes for sure we'll get back we'll <laughs> come back to you on that one God, let us know if you picked up on any symbols because we were too distracted by trying to figure out what's happening <laughs> all right the last question says if you knew someone you loved had a devastating secret would you choose to find out what it was or love them for who they've become? If you knew you did something terrible, would you want to remember or live with that shadow for the rest of your life? Holy moly. Okay, wait. <laughs> what was the first part? First part. Okay, let's do the first part. If you knew someone you loved had a devastating secret, would you choose to find out what it was or love them for who they've become? Okay, I think for me, I would try to find out what it was from them specifically because I don't know that you can truly like love or be there for someone without like truly understanding what their pain and what they've, you know, what their experiences have been. Mm -hmm. So I think I would want to understand so that I could like be a better supporter for them and an advocate for them and then if something were to come up in the future they know that I'm still there with you you know what I mean I think 
what was the second part of that question? <laughs> if you knew you did something terrible, would you want to remember or live with that shadow for the rest of your life? Oh, goodness. Yeah, I think I would want to remember because I think, like, our, you know, I think, like, if something bad happens, I think sometimes, like, what is that quote from Gone with the Wind? It's like, if your reputation, or like, whenever you, like, destroy your reputation, like, I, well, I, I want to Google this real quick. Do you know what that quote is that I'm <laughs> I, talking about? <laughs> I don't. I've never read Gone with the Wind and I've never seen the movie. <laughs> I just remember this one quote. I remember Mr. Brinkley loved this and I watched it in his class. Were you not there? <laughs> Did we watch Gone with the Wind in his class? Yes. <laughs> oh, I guess I must have phased out. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so he so in Gone with the Wind, one of the quotes that is it says, Until you've lost your reputation, you never realize what a burden it was or what freedom really is. So I think like if you've really like had something bad happen or if you've done something bad and you've just like thrown out your reputation, like I think recognizing that is just going to help you become stronger because you have nothing else to lose and you have everything to gain by just trying to like rebuild and make yourself better, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100% on both of the questions. I think I would want to know the, the secret. Um, just so that I have a better understanding of who they are now, what made them who they are. Um, and then if I did something terrible, yeah, I wouldn't want to forget it. I'd want to remember it so it's always there so that I can learn from it um, and know what I don't want to do in the future, so. Yeah, and I feel like it's like, it's so hard because like I, I feel like if you like, that question is like, if you've known somebody and you love somebody or, or that person is your person, it's like, I would be the ride or die, like no matter what happened, like I'm, I will, we will get through whatever. But I think like what was interesting with Aiden and Anna was like, he, you know, he was meeting her for the first time. They didn't have that history mm -hmm. sort of had that to fall back on, but I guess they did create that within the, the however many times they went through this process kind of, I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you think, this isn't one of the questions, but what do you think happens to Aiden and Anna after this? That's a good question. What? Well, so here is another unanswered question, and maybe I just didn't pick up on it. Um, maybe you did, but like, I thought only one person could escape. Yes. So, so if are they were they both able to get out? That's they were. They kind of got a loophole and bended the the rules a little bit um, because they there was actually two questions that got solved and because of the fact that Evelyn wasn't actually ever murdered because it was Felicity um, the whole time that they were trying to solve a murder of who killed who was was not actually what they were trying to solve does that make sense I know that it's, it's really confusing especially if you haven't read the book but I think it's the fact that Evelyn wasn't who she said she really was kind of opened this loophole for them and so like they're like okay so that was my understanding too but they were both fully able to leave yes correct? they both left together okay so i don't know do you think they're gonna stay in touch do you think that that's like the end of their camaraderie or what are your thoughts i think they stay in touch i mean they obviously have this experience yeah. that probably not a lot of people have but like i said you know the black teeth this environment isn't the only one this is just for the really like evil hardcore yeah. that's why i'm kind of like what did anna do like to me it's like mass murders type thing um 
because there's other ones too. So like, say probably like people who like steal or something or theft, you know, burglary, they're probably in one little thing and so like that. So uh, there's not a lot of people that have this experience. I mean, I think there was only what, Anna, one, there was three all together and Anna was one of those. So there's two people. There's literally two people who deserve to be in there. So this is obviously an experience that they have together. I think that's going to bond them. Um, and yeah, I, I see them being acquaintances outside of this. I don't know. I don't know if it's anything more, but... I agree. Well, and now he knows her secret. Like, he, he knows everything about her, and he still is embracing her. That's so, yeah. very true. Well, not everything. He doesn't really know what she... I mean, besides just the murdering your sister, which that's enough. But yes. because I don't... Like, we're never told what she did, and she obviously has no memory of it that's true like she's not that person anymore so i mean obviously this case it worked the redemption worked uh, i oh man i don't know <laughs> uh, this was like it was a journey it was a very interesting read bestie <laughs> it really was i'm just i'm so left with a lot of questions but not in a bad way you know sometimes you read a book and you're like wait what and you're just left unknowing and kind of just i don't know this one, I'm still left with a lot of questions, but I'm I'm at ease with it. I'm just like, okay, that was that was a good story. That was a good, like you said, journey that I took. <laughs> what would be like your number one question? Like, if you could have anything answered, what would it be? What happened to them after they left? Where did they yeah. go? That, that, yeah. That's what I want to know. What does, you know, what is everybody outside gonna feel like when they know that Anna has been released from this prison? Yeah. They're gonna remember everything that she did. How are they gonna feel? And then how will Aiden's family feel knowing that he helped her get out and that he forgave her for murdering his sister? Oh my gosh. Well, do you think there's a sequel maybe potentially here? I don't know. That would be cool. I would like, what would that one be about? I wonder like just their life afterwards. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or going back to a kind of black Heath. I don't know. Yeah. I would love to have a follow-up. I would love to ask Stuart what happened to them afterwards. Yes, me too. So. Oh my god. Oh man, wow. that was a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster. It was fun though. I'm really glad that we read this book and if you haven't picked up this book, we recommend it. Um, just prepare yourself for a journey. <laughs> get a get a notebook. Get a notebook. Get the physical copy and like prepare to do some investigative work because it that's kind of what it felt like. It was like work. Yeah. No, I loved that. I loved that the way it was written. We were basically we were right there along with Aiden. We were figuring this out. We were confused when he was confused. Yes. I mean, you felt like you were in this place as well so I thought that was awesome great writing style honestly for my opinion so yeah <sighs> on to another book <laughs> on to another book to another month <laughs> oh my goodness we haven't decided yet but we're gonna we'll let everyone know as soon as we figure it out we're kind of like what can we read next after this one <laughs> we need we a mental go? break <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, so anything upcoming or anything we need to tell, let the BB tribe know about? 
I think you mentioned it. Like, we'll definitely be putting out our new book um, for April coming up on our social media as soon as we select it. And other than that, just stay tuned. Check our social media. We're on any and all platforms. You can find us everywhere um, for all the latest and the greatest news. And again, if you're new here, welcome uh, to the BB Tribe. And for all the BB Tribe members who follow week after week, we're so grateful for you. And we can't wait to start April. Yay! It's my birthday month! It's your birthday month! <laughs> yes! Yay! But we'll be back before that with a Bestie Babbles episode. Yes? Yeah. Um, or we're just gonna, I don't know what we're gonna talk about. Whatever we want. Whatever we want. To be <laughs> determined. To be determined. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, Bestie and Besties, have a great week. Um, and we will talk soon. Bye, Besties. Bye.